Hello, this is The Parent Panel, a weekly podcast for adults out there who look after small children. We invite two guests into the studio to pick their brains about all kinds of important topics. This week, we're talking about Egg Boy, letting kids fly on their own, how you help your child deal with disappointment, and the things your kids will thank you for later that they're not thanking you for now. Well, sometimes you catch yourself just being bossed around. You're going, wait, wait a second. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, I'm an adult. <laughs> Neve one day took her nappy off and just rubbed it on the wall. Oh, wow. I kind of feel like parenting is a good antidote to my anal retentiveness. I think you're still in the trenches with your kids. I like the expression trenches. I sometimes call it the vortex. <laughs> the Parent Panel with Siobhan Hunt. Our two parents today are Kate Brown, Managing Editor at finder.com.au and mum of two girls aged 11 and 8. Hi, Kate. How are you? Hello. Good. And Mark Serrells, he's the ed- Editorial Director of CNET, dad to two boys, and I think they're age three and six. They are. How did you know that? Did you? I'm just like psychic. Because they just amazing. had birthdays. The did last they? time we were here, they were two and five, so <laughs> you must have it on the on calendar. I'm on it. <laughs> How are you? Good. Oh, oh. Oh. Sorry. It's all right. It could be worse. Yeah, okay, that's... Could be better. I'm sorry, but I want to say that's, but that sounds like a very Scottish response. <laughs> <laughs> Everything right. sucks all the time. <laughs> I used to have a, a British friend who would always say, are you all right? Like, mm. as in a greeting. Yeah. But it was almost always said in a way where she really wanted me to respond, I'm terrible. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that kind of inflection? When I, when I first went to America, everyone used to always say, what's up? What's up, Mark? And I didn't know that I just had to say what's up back. So I would stop and be like, well, uh, tell them a little story. I just couldn't get past it. Yeah. yeah no, I, I would probably that. think you would need a response. Mm, yeah. It's like when I asked my step-grandmother, who's 94, how are you? She actually will tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, it takes a long time. Hectic. <laughs> Lesson number one. Lesson (laughs) learned. All right, first up, uh, the news that everyone's talking about at the moment, is Eggboy a hero or a villain? It was a a terribly unfortunate thing, a tragedy, uh, but it's going to be eventually accepted or expected that these sort of things happen. When when people are getting attacked in their own... Yeah, that's the sound of independent Senator Fraser Anning being cracked on the head with an egg by Will Connolly. I have to admit, I um, hadn't paid a lot of attention to what he was saying and I I knew he'd been egged, but I didn't realise just how perfect that timing was about being attacked. But anyway, um, Anning, of course, has drawn global condemnation after suggesting that the Christchurch massacres were a result of Muslim immigration. And while Anning was speaking to the media... Will stepped up and slapped an egg on his head. Kate, do you see Will Connolly as a young hero for your children to look up to, standing up for minorities against political hate speech, or is he the opposite of a good example because he's just looking for social media fame and he's abusing and someone older than him? And probably that his parents didn't bring him up right or something, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Why'd they give him a phone in oh, the first yeah. place? It's probably his mum's fault, right? It's always the mum's fault. Yeah, it's fault. always the mum's fault. <laughs> I think Fraser Anning actually said something like that, that his mother <gasps> wow. didn't bring him. Yeah, yeah, he did. Oh, yeah. 
another yeah, reason not to like you. Yeah, I was joking him. and then I just remembered it was true. Um, <laughs> parents, like young people, can't win. Um, you mm. don't do anything. You're accused of being shallow and apathetic. You step up and do something and you're a brat. Um, I think Egg Boy was amazing. He, what he did was reasonably non-violent um, and, um, and <laughs> Who knows how timed. hard that slap was? That's right. <laughs> but what he did do, and I think, and this is where he weaves his young person, I like saying young person, now I'm getting old, young person's magic yep. is, you know, this is, this is the Instagram generation. This is the generation that thinks about optics and these were brilliant optics because this was a, a smallish boy getting whacked yeah. by a senator in a yes. really violent, completely unnecessary way. And I think um, what Egg Boy did is, is frame that beautifully. He, I'd say he had a good sense that that might happen. Mm. And those those images, those optics went all around the world and he, they really doubled down on the condemnation of Anning and really brought out not only Anning's true colours but his supporters' true colours. The only person that got hurt in the end was Will. Egg boy. Yep. He ended up with two black eyes. Wow. And he was um, held on the ground in a really violent, unnecessary way. There were journalists who were kicked out of the room after he was wrestled to the ground and held in a chokehold. So I think, you know, bravo to him. I think he's really brave. If he was my kid, I'd be so proud. <laughs> and, um, you know, long live hashtag egg boy. Yeah. <laughs> and how do you think feel about it? I right? mean, 100% is, is Australia's greatest human being like <laughs> i love him so much and i wish he was my son i wish i could replace my son with egg boy the only thing is it should have been a brick or a glass if it's, if I, like, explicit warning if, if egg boy this... was scottish it wouldn't have been an egg a hundred percent it would have been a glass oh my god glassed in the face oh the blood everywhere. Way. i mean I, I don't know i'm not saying i'm in I approve of violence, but <laughs> we should glass Fraser Annan is what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yourself into so much trouble Egg, right now, Mark. Egg Boy is great. Everything, everything about it was great. Even the response, which sucked for him, was great because it just showed like the horrible insecurity of these toxic, horrible men that are scared of... Like It took six of them to wrestle him to the ground. One of them had mm. him in a completely unnecessary... Um, like chokehold trying to like make him unconscious and the worst of all was this like there was this guy above him who was just sort of like holding his hand on him like oh you need this extra hand because there's like already yeah. five of you tackling <laughs> little, this dude little teenage you, boy oh it was pathetic it was so what pathetic. about the idea i have seen both sides of the argument this week of course and there have been people saying look egging is a kind of a political thing in mm. australia like it's mm. it's seen as a form of protest and one that is relatively, as you say, Kate, nonviolent. Um, but they've also said that it was still an attack on a representative and that we shouldn't be encouraging our kids to uh, express themselves that way. Well, the, the, see, the only thing that I hated about this whole situation was that it all of a sudden became a both sides thing, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas like the, the discourse before the egg happened was like, was really kind of cool because this horrible event happened, but even people who you're used to being like quite like um, sort of a bit fascist, a bit weird, were all coming out and saying what Senator Anning said was wrong. Yes. But after it, the discussion all of a sudden became this sort of both sides horrible thing yeah. again. Mm. That was the only negative that came from it. Like I, I felt like before the egg thing, everyone was on the same team. Yes. After the egg thing... It was the same old crap. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I mean, but not, I still think you should have egged them. Yeah. Possibly glassed them. <laughs>
I feel like I need to give you a, a little slap on the wrist. <laughs> the just that. the Scottish way, I'm joking. Siobhan. I'm joking. Just I'm not. I'm not. I'm way. absolutely not suggesting <laughs> you glass people. But we do have to say, if you go back and listen, listen to Mark in the first parent panel, he may have suggested something about letting his kids climb to the top of yeah. a yes. rock wall and leaving them there. I'm yeah. not. I can't Aww. quite remember the details. Got desensitise them to this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next, this will be interesting. Would you let your nine-year-old fly to Brisbane from Sydney on their own? What city is that over there? That's New York, sir. I did it again. Oh, no. My family's in Florida and I'm in New York. My family's in Florida. I'm in New York. That, of course, is Macaulay Culkin in the classic Home Alone, the story of a boy left accidentally at home to his own devices. This week, a Sydney mum put her nine-year-old son on a flight alone on purpose as an unaccompanied minor. Then she got really mad at Virgin personnel after finding out he had spent the night in a storage room because his flight had been diverted to Melbourne because of bad weather and the boy was travelling to Brisbane to visit his grandparents. Mark, your Mm. kids are still below this age, but would you send your nine-year-old on a flight alone? Yeah, I think I would. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> to Scotland? That's, that's, or... <laughs> uh, definitely not to Scotland, oh my God. Um, <laughs> I feel like as long as someone's on the other end, I'm pretty comfortable with that stuff, and I like the idea of my kids getting the confidence boost that comes with doing a trip like that by themselves. Yes. don't know if I'm not down with them st- Spending a night in a broom closet like Harry Potter. Was <laughs> um, no. that well? Is that because it, Virgin's a budget airline? Yeah. Like, would you have got the park? High? Well, they did say that there were no hotels available, and yeah. that's why they ended up there. Um, Kate, how would you? You've got a child. I do. This I'm age. beaming because I have done it. Mm. I sent. Well, she was just ten. She was just ten. Yeah. I put her on a flight from Sydney to Armadale. So not uh, not quite that far, but hey, what's the difference? Um, look, for me, it depends on the child. This particular child, this is my oldest daughter, is very responsible. She's a good communicator and she's very confident. And she really wanted to do it. And I really wanted her to do it because someone was offering to take her for two <laughs> weeks during the school holidays. <laughs> I love not it. gonna lie. Do you um, think it's weird that, I mean, when I think about this situation, mm. I understand why the Virgin staff would have spoken to the grandparents because mm. that's where the kid was going. Yes. But if you're an aircraft carrier or whatever and you you say, we take unaccompanied minors, mm. surely you understand that a parent is sending them somewhere and that yes. the parent needs yeah, to know what's going on. Yeah, there's a duty of care there that they didn't, they didn't execute well. There's the Harry Potter business for a start. I mean, that's just not acceptable. Like, they, they would have I'm had not sure to I have a problem a with that. I'm not sure I have a problem with that. I'm sure the kid didn't have a problem with it, to be honest. <laughs> he looked the, pretty funny. Pretty funny. Yeah. He looked pretty happy in the picture. I mean, the mother's comment was it wasn't so much about the situation. It was the fact she didn't know where he was, yeah. which is terrifying. And Virgin mean. kind of brushed it off by saying, oh, if there are a few communication issues. I mean, how <laughs> Yeah, because we didn't call you and tell you. (laughs) Call the mother. And look, I know because I put Ivy on a flight, you fill out a form. You pay extra. You pay extra Mm. for unaccompanied minors as well. Outrageous. Um, What, you know, what were they paying for? Um, You fill out a lot of detail. I don't see how in this day and age with mobile phones that you could end up in a bit of a situation where a parent does not know where their child is. As you said, Mike, it's like you 
you there, you're there and off they go on the plane. They come off the other end and an adult picks them up. It's less risky than my child walking home from school, which she's mm. also started doing. So ah, I know. <laughs> I'm right on the brink of, it. yeah. Yeah. Um, what but, are the things that your kids yeah. do? I mean, you've, you've sent your daughter. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. kind of assuming that mm. Mark's level of independence is making them climb mountains yeah. and leaving them there. Yeah. But um, we'll get to that. With your children, because they're getting to that age, yes. what kind of... Um, yeah independence do they have? Well, my daughter's 11, so she's starting to really want to push the boundaries. And it's an interesting time because she also, talking of optics again, she she looks older than she is. She's very tall. She's quite well-spoken. People have thought she's 13 or 14. Mm. That is good and bad because, as my husband says, there's still a, a little baby in there who doesn't know everything that's right and wrong. So while she's reasonably sensible, she doesn't have the um, decision-making abilities of a 14-year-old because she's 11. Mm. Um, she Big is wanting, Yeah, and she is wanting to flex her muscles. So it's been a case-by-case basis. So first of all, it was um, um, walking to the corner store, which involves crossing one road, and it's a nice little corner store, and they're lovely people. And, I mean, she went down one, one time, she didn't have enough money, and they were like, don't worry about it. And it was very sweet, <laughs> you know. Um, and they sell coffee, so she came out with a coffee for me. So I was <laughs> oh, like, this sick. is why you have children. Um <laughs> I, I still am concerned about roads. I live in the inner city. Um, I've started allowing her to walk to school some mornings. And at first I was a bit hysterical and are you there? And um, But what happened is we were actually, our kind of arm was twisted this year. We came back from a big overseas trip. All my after-school care was in place. Um, two of the things she attended in the afternoon were cancelled a week before she went back to school. And I worked full time. Have this, you know, very tenuous tissue of kind of arrangements, mm. and it was like, dear God, what it means is that um, one afternoon now she has to, she's at home from three on her own, and she has a key, and of course with a big smile on her face, she's like, now you need to get me a mobile, <laughs> um, which uh, you know I just had a conversation Smart about. We need to girl. cut back on devices, and it's like, oh, and here's your device. Um, it has actually been very helpful. Um, she can call me now, so in fact she's doing it. She's at home today. Um, she'll take. Me to say she's got home. Sometimes she texts me to say she can't get into the house because she's lost her key. Oh, no. And this is where this 11 year old thing come, kicks mm. in. You know, they're forgetful, they lose things. Uh, but she's a good communicator and she's pretty smart because the day she couldn't get a hold of me, she found a neighbor who had a spare key and they let her in. So she's pretty oh, savvy. That's but clever. It is, it's hard. The other downside is her sister, who's only eight and completely untrustworthy, not just because she's eight, but just because of the person she is. <laughs> she now wants to do all those things yeah. and cannot understand why and that's become a real issue and for Mm. ivy i'm like i'm happy for you to walk to school but it's not fair for me to expect you to look after your crazy little sister on the way to school so now i still have to drop off the little one so you know and i'm probably walking past and ivy's pretending to ignore me because she's trying to be all cool and independent so (laughs) must look pretty funny (laughs) um i'm interested as well with the younger kids Mm. um so your eldest being six mark um because we do talk about i'm not Obviously not expecting that you let them, maybe you do, but let them walk down to the shop or whatever. But there does come a point where you think, oh, maybe they don't have to do everything for them. Maybe there are some things they can do for themselves. Mm. Have you had that experience with either of them? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I'm definitely on the side of like, just let them do stuff. Like when it comes to everything, like right now, my six-year-old wakes up by himself so he can sleep in. Makes his own breakfast, makes his bed, gets himself dressed for school. Can wow. you come and parent my children? <laughs> come and get him to show my nine-year-old, my eight-year-old. <laughs> but the thing Ooh. is, he's an idiot. So, I mean, <laughs> but he, he's, he's okay. He, he can do that. Um, 
I mean, the, but obviously the flip side of that is things go wrong. Like he spills mm. milk. Sometimes yeah. I'll come home and there's just a massive like pile of milk and honey just everywhere, or he puts <laughs> way too much honey in his wheat bix. But I I grew up in a village, so in Scotland, I was walking by myself to school when I started school. So from the age of five. First day? Me too. Second or third day, I was like, Mum, I don't want you anymore. Oh, okay. I and thought I it was I thought it was just a harsh Scottish way. Yeah, like, well, off you go. Yeah, like literally the second or third day, I told my mum that I didn't mm. want her to walk Are you the same? School. I was the same. Yeah. I grew up in the suburbs of Sydney, but my mum, you know, I'm one of four for a start, mm. and I was the youngest. I think mum walked me up the first day, picked me up the first day, then the second day waited halfway. Yeah. It, was, it was a 25-minute walk too. When mm. I think wow. Mine wow. wasn't, yeah. nice wasn't a 25-minute yeah. walk. But... His was three hours. Yeah, five hours. <laughs> yeah, in the harsh Scottish world. <laughs> and so your son now, is he walking? He can't walk to school. It's just we, like we have to drive. It's the distance thing. But absolutely, if it was just around the corner, I would be fine with that. Um yeah, I guess this... so. You're kind of wanting him to have the independence that you had. Yeah, well, well I was having this discussion with my wife. My wife's like, "Oh, he's not going to love us because he doesn't depend on us, and he's like that. <laughs> he doesn't care. He doesn't need his mum and dad. He doesn't give hugs. Nothing. Oh. Stone cold sociopath. <laughs> so you got to balance hey, these things. He out himself. I mean, a we were laughing at that, but also. <laughs> Very impressed that he dresses himself. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I am. So you can tell your wife that my children are the opposite. So they give lots of hugs, but they are so dependent (laughs) that my entire life is. uh, Yeah, I still occasionally have to hang around the bathroom door while my eight-year-old is on the toilet. Oh, stop it. I thought that would end. Be with me. Be with me. <laughs> and when I say I'm a bit sick of you, she wheels around because my older daughter's quite independent now and she said, you always complain that Ivy doesn't hug you anymore and want to be with you. Well, I do. You know, <laughs> I'm like, oh. but not in the toilet. Like, what is that? On. Be with me. Know. Be with me. My it. kids are both like oh. that. I think my son, he goes, and when he's doing a poo, it's like, come and hang out with me. But it's yeah. like he he's like he's on his throne. Yeah. And you're <laughs> Holding a captive. Court. And you're a captive audience. Yeah. <laughs> and he just keeps talking and talking. And because, you know, I'm a working parent, mm-hmm. I understand that I'm not there all the time. I feel like that is my moment to connect with him. And so I'm sitting in the bathroom mm. while he's doing a poo. A court of poo. Yes. It's, my daughter's the same. It's it's. I think it is, is a bit it? of a holding court thing. And they know that, you know, you know, you've probably been guilted into staying. It's so smelly. But do you know what my husband did once? We were at the um, dinner table and my daughter wanted to go to the bathroom. She wanted one of us to go. And mm. by that point, we just wanted to eat our tea. Yeah. So my husband gave her the phone and we FaceTimed <laughs> her. <laughs> Yay oh, for technology. Wow. We FaceTime to watch she's in the toilet. And we live in a two-bedroom apartment. That is brilliant. Which is like, you know, there was a, a tiny lounge room <laughs> You went on another us. floor in your mansion. <laughs> no, yeah. I wasn't, surprisingly enough. Yeah, you got to be careful mm. what you wish for, I think, mm. you know. Mm. Yeah, mm, that's yeah. true. Just tell your wife that story. <laughs> Unless you want to FaceTime <laughs> while you're FaceTime while it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're going to learn more about my parenting fails in a moment because we're going to talk about how you help your child deal with disappointment. Parenting, they say, takes a village. It's about experimenting and finding out what works best for your child. You don't learn when you're scared. So all those strategies under the guise of discipline, they're counterproductive. Feed, Play, Love is the bite-sized parenting podcast that's a village in your pocket. Short interviews with experts and real parents about everything from managing tantrums to making sure you get regular date nights. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Feed, Play, Love. 
Wait a minute. This isn't my world. Disappointed! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. This weekend, uh, my family went to an equine farm stay, and my daughter was so excited. I made the mistake of telling her maybe two weeks out that it was a different kind of farm stay because it had horses, not just oh. goats and stuff. Mm. And she's been pestering me even before now that she wanted to do a horse riding lesson, but with a proper horse, not a pony. Because for some reason she thinks she's so tall that her feet would touch the ground on a pony. <laughs> I don't think she knows how big horses get. Um, so anyone who lives in New South Wales will know that this last weekend it rained every day and it rained hard. And um, the people at the farm stay, this is like this beautiful place where horses live like in horse heaven. They do not get ridden when it's raining. And it's all about the horse's safety. So I had to say, look, you know, the first morning she wakes up, no, no horse riding. Tantrums, she was upset, she was disappointed, kept saying to me, it's going to get sunny, isn't it? And I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. And then the next day she woke up again, same thing. So she was really disappointed and I tried everything. Like I sat down and I explained about the horses and I kept thinking, teachable moment, Siobhan, teachable moment. (laughs) And of course... Then I promised that we would drive 30 minutes to a lolly shop. In fact, I promised her we'd go to a lolly shop that was over the other side of the mountains where we were. And then I found another one miraculously, which was amazing. But we drove 30 minutes to that. And then I kept promising her that we would come back when the weather was fine. Now, you have to understand that for the last four years, I've spoken to parenting experts who explain that that is exactly the wrong way to deal with disappointment. And I still did it. (laughs) And I'm curious how other parents deal with disappointment because she was devastated. Mm. Kate, what do you do with your kids in that situation? I I was you up until probably three months ago. (laughs) (laughs) What happened? What changed? Do you know what? This is my greatest answer. We went to Africa for three months. And we travelled overland for uh, 40 days, 40 days and 40 nights, camping, roughing it, travelling in a truck, travelling with other people, travelling through pretty rough countries, sleeping in game parks. Um, And what I realised is, um, well, I mean, it was amazing being away with the kids, but it was amazing watching other families. And there was this amazing Danish family on our trip and they had four sons. I can't believe they have four children for starters, aged from 14 down to eight. And their kids were incredibly well behaved and mine were screaming and yelling and carrying on like they usually do. Um, and I kind of observed how they parented. And they were, the dad, well, the mum was very kind but firm. The dad was quite tough on the kids. And I think similar thing, it was pouring with rain and we're packing up tents in the rain can I add at five o'clock in the morning? (laughs) Not anyone's optimum time. And I was listening to him and one of his perfect children was actually carrying on for once and arcing up in Danish. And I could hear Johanna's having a go anyway. And then his son came out and and, and it eventuated that this child didn't want to pack up his tent and he'd done his mattress and done a really bad job. And Johanna's kind of made him do it and then just said, well, you know, uh, know, his child apparently said, look, I've done it now. So can I do the activities we're going to do today. No, 
because you didn't do it properly. And I was like, whoa. That's hardcore. I like that he was doing all this in English so you could understand. Oh, they did it in Danish, but then I cornered him on the truck because he had a lot of long trips and I happened to be sitting next and I'm like, tell me what you said. And his child wasn't happy, but he was very firm and it blew over pretty quickly. And I was thinking, oh, my children aren't like that. He's obviously got perfect children. So I tried it out a few times. Now, I don't know if it's because we're in a different environment. I don't know if it was a kind of suck it up kind of environment. But I realized there was short-term devastation and they got over it pretty quickly. Yep. Mm. And I thought, have I been dragging out yeah. the devastation, you yes. know, rather than ripping yes. the Band-Aid off? It was, and it was quite a revelation to me because my second one, man, can she throw a tantrum? Mm. You know, man, yes. will she make you pay? And my husband even more so often caves into her. And I've realized that actually like the lollies probably don't mean anything actually because she still wants a horse ride. Yes. Um, yeah. And yes. you're shifting the focus and it's actually not what it's about. But for me, like my biggest fear was completely selfish. I'm like, I don't want to be the person with the screaming child on the truck all day. Mm. Didn't happen. Yeah. Happened for a while. Wasn't very nice. <laughs> Should have bought everyone earplugs, but it did finish and she moved on. Yeah. And I thought maybe I'm the one that doesn't, I'm, I'm the one that struggles to move on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I totally have yeah. a problem with it. Yeah. Mark, how do you find it? Yeah, I mean, there's, I think there's two types of tantrums or two types of disappointment. There's the disappointment when they're like, oh, like you're, the disappointment your mm. daughter felt, which was like mm. a genuine sadness. Mm. I'm way more sympathetic to that. Tantrum disappointment, mm. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> let's do this. Let's see who breaks first. <laughs> So I'm like, I really go deep in that. I don't just like try and make them stop feeling sad or angry. I make it worse <laughs> deliberately to make them feel more pain so they can learn the lesson even harder. So like, if it's the sad disappointment, I'm sympathetic. If it's the grumpy, angry one, I'm like, I'm, I'm hard as nails. I hope my husband doesn't listen to this. <laughs> Sometimes, I honestly, like when they have a tantrum or they respond in a certain way, I can he, he comes back at them like they have they're the same age, yeah. and I'm there going, I, how do I end up with three children <laughs> yeah. instead of two? Yeah, yeah. But I, I guess it works. And does does it? it really? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, absolutely. The best advice is the Danish guy. I know. You know, you just sort of calmly say no, do it again, yeah. and you're right. No matter what they're disappointed, it's always super transient. Like straight away, five I minutes know, later. I know, but you know, Northern Europeans—they're also bloody perfect. Know, yeah, and this man, you know, he's tall, he tells, beautiful, yeah. and, like, and oh. the kids—they know how to parent well. He t- his oldest son—I have to share this. His oldest son was fourteen. He said, "Yes, yes, Casper is into scouting, and last year he did a, a camping challenge. He camped in a tent for—and I'm thinking a week for one year." Oh, my God. In Denmark. <laughs> what? He said, yes, and we went skiing one week. And oh, I'm like, yes. and he camped in the snow, yes. Uh. But do you think at that point where he said he's into scouting, <laughs> mm. I had a tiny moment of glee where I thought, what a dag. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Do you feel that? Just it for was. a split second. You but could then go, I was just yeah. like. Not perfect. You know, <laughs> I can't even get my daughter to sleep in her own bed some nights, let alone sleep in a tent in the snow. You and me both. Yeah. We'll commiserate <laughs> over a glass of wine later. But I have to say, as a, as a complete horse fanatic, yes. I am shedding a tiny tear for your beautiful girl. Because horse love is a different, that's a different level. <laughs> horse disappointment. It's oh, massive. They were quite good at the farm, say, though. Like, they took her out and let her feed the horses and the 
but I don't, me promising we'd go back. Mm. It was like an hour and a half out of Sydney. We stayed the night and I'm like, we'll come back. It'll <laughs> happen again when you're 15. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, you're right. I didn't say exactly when it would happen. Indeed. Okay. Plenty of time. Safe. <laughs> All right. Our final topic is up next. What will your child thank you for later in life? Trust me. One day you'll thank me for this. I think in my head, I was doing it all for the kids. You might not understand that now, but believe me, you will one day. Someday you'll thank me for this, son. (laughs) Not bloody likely. This week, writer Susie Catchpole wrote a list of 15 things your children will thank you for later in life that they may not really notice now. Um, There are lots of things we do as parents that our kids kind of push against. I think possibly the last topic about disappointment is one of them. When I think about my own childhood, I guess I'm thankful my parents made me stick with piano lessons. There was a period where I really was very mean to my piano teacher. <laughs> um, and I think when I think about my own kids, obviously I'm a slightly relaxed parent, um, but there was there's this thing that I've noticed happening. So my um, son goes to my mum and dad's place a lot. And we often go there on the way to school drop-off. And when both kids run in, they're used to being there. They like playing. They'll go and hug my my mum. And my dad, who's always been a fairly quiet man, and he is of his time. So mum was very hands-on with kids, dad not so much. And I just noticed that they come in and it's almost like he's not there. And so this week I just got them both. I'm never stern with them. I got them both. I said, right, I want you both to stand here. I want you to look your pop in the eye and I want you to say good morning. I mean, I'm not going to force them to cuddle him. I know that's not what you do, but I'm like, you are going to notice him because he's not going to be here forever and you're going to regret it when he's gone. And I'm so glad I did that this week. Otherwise, I would have nothing to share about things things they would thank me for later because really I'm just setting them up for failure. (laughs) And have they done it yet? No, because we haven't been back there. (laughs) But I started. I started. Mark, what do you think your kids will thank you for later? Um, So I had – so my dad was – my mom and dad were both very liberal – sort of laid back parents let me quit things constantly so I think with parenting you tend to do the things your dad your mom and dad did that was good and you don't do the things that you re, you sort of resent them for a bit and I really resent almost in a weird way of my mom and dad for not making me stick with karate lessons or do this or my brother was a really talented golfer they let him quit he could have been a pro I'm just like what the hell are you doing dad so now I am like <laughs> the opposite end of that spectrum. My, uh, I recently took my son to, this is a crazy story, I'll try and make it short, but my son, I took him to a gymnastics class, just like a recreational gymnastics class. After 10 minutes, my, my son is ripped. I make him do pull-ups and stuff. He's shredded, man. It's ridiculous. <laughs> After 10 minutes, the head, the owner of the gym came up and said, is this your son? Can we, we want him to to, to be in our gymnastics take him to the state championships i'm just like he's doing it for 10 minutes oh my so God. he's like a gymnastics prodigy what? pretty much pretty much wow anyway it was awesome i felt great i was like finally <laughs> someone recognizes it and but the problem is, is he's like i don't like gymnastics tough i don't care <laughs> you're going to gymnastics for the rest of your life until you win gold medal at the olympics if, he, God, if i don't it? do it if, he, if, if i don't make him do this now He's not going to be a gold medalist. So the way I see it, 
he will definitely be thanking me for his gold medal and like or he'll be years. selling your story to new idea saying my Possibly. dad <laughs> maybe I, I hate it I was in the gymnastics gulag you know just doing <laughs> cartwheels all Aren't day there tennis and players who say they hate mm, tennis but yeah. their parents yeah, yeah Andrew Agassi yeah, yeah. You're his dad. I, I see that guy's a role model. I read Andrew Anderson's <laughs> biography and I thought that his dad was onto something. I legitimately thought that. <laughs> no one called docs. Yeah. <laughs> Kate, what do you think? Oh, it's hard, isn't it? It's so, look, I, you know, it, it took me until I was in my 30s and had my kids to go and go to my own mother and say, Thank you, and also sorry a lot (laughs) for (laughs) being really ungrateful and one-eyed about everything. Um, Yeah, look, (sighs) I hope they're they're happy that I I gave birth to them. Sometimes when in my worst (laughs) moments I do yell at them, I had terrible morning sickness with both of them. I threw up every day for nine months with both of them. Like, you know, you don't understand. Um, Something that's been a bit of an issue, I've recently gone into a my a full-time role now and I love it and um it's quite demanding and I love that but it's been a bit of a point of contention uh, especially with little be with me um who said the other day why do you even have that stupid job um <laughs> you know because now I can't pick her up at bell time on Fridays and blah blah and I thought oh, you know I just feel really bad but also just like oh I've got to get away from you um because <laughs> you always meant me to be with you um <laughs> on the but toilet. I, I do hope seeing they are two girls that in the future, they'll go, well, our mum was actually had a really great career and pursued mm. the things she loved and did a good job and mm. still managed to, you know, be with us. <laughs> um, well, well, while well, on the toilet. Yeah, yeah. You've got to make up for those moments. That's right. right. But, hey, the- look, you know, maybe they'll thank me for hanging around in the toilet <laughs> and I really, really didn't want to. They may forget that, but. I personally am going to remind mine. Mm. <laughs> At Holding their 21st on the throne, the Brussels throne. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, um, that was our final question um, on this episode of the Parent Panel. Uh, just putting it out there, would either of you have something you'd like to plug that you'd like to point people to? Mm. Mark? Don't have anything, sorry. I don't know. I looked at your Instagram feed and he's, he's a bit of a rock climber, is Mark. Oh, oh big time. That's why my kid's so shredded. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's the plan. Gymnastics like is only plan A. Like, it's, it's all I like, think yeah. you should make him like a stunt action hero. Yeah, that works. Because he could get a lot of money that way. I don't know totally. how much money there is in gymnastics. Yeah, that's that's been on my mm. mind as well. Don't you think? That has absolutely. Yeah, maybe. I don't Martial know. arts. Capoeira. Capoeira's I think, cool. Yeah. The superhero films aren't going anywhere. That's a good point. They're going to just stunt keep on double. going. Why can't he be the guy? Well, he could be the guy. Just, yeah. Yeah, He's was... only six, Mark. You've got lots of time Plenty to work time. on him. Plenty of time. <laughs> I, I've got nothing to plug, but I think Mark should write a book about parenting the Scottish way. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've just that come would, up with the title of the book, sick. too. I'm definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would like to plug my book that I'm going to write in five years' time called Parenting the Scottish Way by Mark yeah. Sells. Thank you very much. Look out for it, everybody. It's the five opposite years time. of... Parenting the French way or the Danish uh-huh. way. <laughs> I just want a winner. I'm, this, I'm glad this is going on the record. It was my idea. It was, yeah, it was your idea. <laughs> it's out there. Well, thank you both so much for coming in. Thanks a lot. Thank you. I'm Siobhan Hunt. You can find me online at Siobhan Hunt. That's all for this episode of The Parent Panel. See you next time. You've been listening to The Parent Panel, a babyology podcast hosted and written by Siobhan Hunt, produced and edited by Elise Cooper. For more information on the show, or maybe you want to do a deep dive onto pre previous episodes, you can find out all you need to know on our website. Head to babyology.com.au slash parent panel. See you next time.